You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Crossbones After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Crossbones After Show. <laughs> yeah, Pirates of Brave. Wait, continue singing. What? <laughs> the Lonely Island, man. I like that. Good job, Roya. All right, I I didn't get that at all. Is it Lonely Island? Do I need to watch more Saturday Night Live or something? Yeah. Well, this uh, is an old one, but because they're not on SNL anymore. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good huh. one. It's uh, Michael Bolton. That was Michael Bolton. Oh well. Oh, the, now that you mention it, I mean, yeah. I know everything Michael Bolton's ever done. <laughs> Not no. well, you know. <laughs> okay, well, my music uh, knowledge has proven to be non-existent today, so let's get into the episode, guys. I'm Bobby Demiro, joined by Kelly McInerney, like Burton Ernie. Yeah, I like that. When you have a last name that people can't pronounce, McInerney, which isn't too tough, but you know, you it's have to like it. To yeah, something. but still, even even when I say like McInerney, people are like, "Okay, McInerney." <laughs> still don't get it. Some That's people. a good like Irish kind of name, considering we're talking about pirates. In yeah. Crossbones, which everything is English and Irish and all these guys coming over to the New World. So you are I feel like you're qualified to do this show. That's right. Yeah, UK all the way. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks. I'm Italian. I, I don't actually qualify. That's so right. I'll, I guess I'll see you later. I'm part Italian, so I half, a quali- half qualify, I guess. But, cool. Solidarity. Yeah. I love it. Well, guys, yeah. let's. we might as well get started now. <laughs> <laughs> this is Season 1, Episode 1, The Devil's Dominion of Crossbones on NBC, starring John Malkovich, of course, as Blackbeard. And we're going to talk about Blackbeard, the real Blackbeard, the history of Blackbeard later in the show. But let's get into the episode first. Kelly, first question before we talk about any specifics. Real simple. Did you like it? Yeah, it was really different from, you know, what... I'm used to watching, I guess. What are you used to watching? Just like, a, I guess mainly sitcoms a lot. But this is like, it was kind of like a little movie, you know? It is. They shot really beautifully yeah. shot. Yes. Yeah. And really John Malkovich, shot. I feel like I'm watching a movie. Oh, yeah. Well, this, that's, and we're going to talk about that in news, but it's weird that John Malkovich would take on a television role. I should, yeah. Maybe not weird, but unique and different because yeah. he doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool thing to see. I think a lot of people probably watch this either on Friday night or DVR or whatever with anticipation to see, wait a minute, Malkovich on television. Yeah. But it's, it's going to be what, a nine episode season or something. It, in his, from his perspective, it's almost like, hey, I'm going to do this for a few months. It turns out to be episodes, but it's almost like filming a movie for yeah. me. You're working for a few months, and then you do the next project. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. But let's get into the show today. So if you guys are are new to the story of Blackbeard, you don't know the real Blackbeard. We got you covered later. But basically, the Cliff Notes version, Blackbeard was a pirate and a bad dude. Wait, really? Yeah, seriously. No joke. Whoa. I totally learned that like an hour ago. <laughs> he actually was a pirate. I, I, thought, I, I thought he was an orthodontist. He was yeah. actually a pirate. I thought he was... A shoemaker or something. Uh, Yeah, well, he did that before piracy. Yeah, okay. Good to know. (laughs) (laughs) And we learned today in this first episode that Blackbeard, we, we, and I say we, I mean 
England, you know, the Navy. Mm -hmm. They thought Blackbeard was dead. It turns out that he is, in fact, not dead because this HMS Petrel is going through, uh, is going across the Atlantic Ocean bound for England. There's a pirate attack. We see uh, on this boat, we learn that the chronometer... This machine, this contraption is on this boat. It's like a fancy compass, basically, it's right? Like a, it's, like a, it's like an iPhone. It's like a GPS yeah. system. Yeah. It's, like, it's like Google Maps for 1729. Yeah, right? pretty legit, high-tech. But, but the point of it at the time, and it, I guess it was high-tech at the time for mm-hmm. something like this, the point of it was that they're taking the chronometer back to England, back to the king. This is the king's property because everything you make under the flag of England is the king's, it's I guess. His, yeah. But you're taking this back to the back to England and the king so that ships can use this and navigate perfectly so they don't go off course and they're not late and they don't run into pirate attacks. Yeah. So we learn that the pirates are after this chronometer because if it gets back to the king and if merchant ships and military ships use this thing, then pirates will have a very tough time finding ships or a very tough time finding as many ships that are off wayward from their, from their freight lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the pirates, this particular pirate crew, Comes on board this ship, the HMS Petrel, fights everybody, pretty much kills everybody involved. Uh, almost everybody. Almost everybody, not the key yeah. people. And we, we meet in that first scene the three, pretty much the three people on the ship that don't die. Fletch, who is pretty much an idiot. We can talk about him later. But well, a lot like an idiot with a heart of gold, yeah. I'd say. He's, yeah. a, he's a badass, not a mailman, but he's like a badass. It's you like know, the second... Neville, Neville Longbottom kind yeah. of, if you think about it. Yeah, and everybody needs one of those. Somebody who's going to be loyal, yeah. but he's not necessarily smart enough to overtake you at any point. He's just going to do what you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like you with me. Right now, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just I think like saying, okay. Was I complimenting you or was I complimenting? I think I was complimenting you and insulting me. That's what I was going for. No. Uh, you were kind of calling me the Fletch. So. Oh, I was, call- I was trying to call myself the Fletch. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying that I was saying, oh, I don't know. Well, this is awkward. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. I, th- I think we're both the Fletch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Roy, Roy is the, uh, the the Thomas Lowe, and we're both the flesh. Yeah. But speaking of Thomas Lowe, we meet him, too, who is supposedly the surgeon on this boat. We'll find out later that that is not necessarily true. 100% true. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's uh, waves of truth here. Um, but Lowe goes into the room with Nightingale, this inventor where the chronometer is, and pretty much without hesitation pulls out his gun, blows up the chronometer. Nightingale's pissed, as he should be, because he worked hard on this thing. But Nightingale also doesn't realize what the pirates are after. And if the pirates get the chronometer, Nightingale and everybody else is in trouble. Yeah. 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 So Lowe blows it up. Pirates come in. uh, And, well, before they come in. And he burns the thing, too. The book. uh, Yeah. He he burns the book, the cipher. Cipher, yeah. And then he tries to poison Nightingale, and Nightingale struggles, and then the pirates immediately come in after the poisoning and say, you know, if this guy dies, this is on you. Make him survive. Mm -hmm. He needs to survive. We need Nightingale. And Lowe goes along with it for a while. Uh, At this point, we haven't obviously seen Blackbeard yet, but Lowe is looking pretty calculated in what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And talk about loyal. We talk about Fletch being loyal. Lowe looks incredibly loyal. For just blindly devoting himself to England and saying, I, forget my health or my safety or whatever. It's all about destroying this chronometer because if this gets in the wrong hands, England suffers. Yeah. Good guy. Uh-huh. And he knows, like, he's got to act like the doctor and everything and go in and kind of almost sacrifice himself just for his country. It's dedication right there, it's, man. It's, to- it's way more dedication than I probably would have shown for yeah. some GPS system. Yep. You can take my iPhone. I don't need the GPS. I'll, yeah. I'll get a new one. But the chronometer is a little bit different mm-hmm. considering how much Nightingale worked on it. And then we do see that the end that Lowe understands that 
death or not, maybe he does need to survive and save Nightingale because of a means to an end. We learn very soon after this, Lowe's mission is not actually have anything to do with the chronometer, though. Right. It's kill Blackbeard. Mm-hmm. Because very soon after this, we're going to meet Blackbeard. We go to a flashback. Uh, before we before we get to Blackbeard and all that stuff, we see a flashback. I believe it was eight weeks earlier. Yeah, I think they so. said on the graphic. In Jamaica. Yes. Yeah. Leaving Jamaica, which it should be known, and, and again, not to talk too much real history, but it should be known that of the places pirates were in the 18th century, the West Indies, Jamaica, the Bay of Honduras, the Gulf of Mexico, almost a little bit. All that stuff was just rampant piracy because there were little islands and little inlets. Yeah. And they talk about it in the show. They say that you could search every inlet and it would take 100 or 150 to years to find do Blackbeard. And exactly. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so this, is, this is true to life in terms of where it was. They go back to Jamaica and we're debating this off air who the man was, the governor of Jamaica or whoever he is, but yeah. we didn't get his name. Yeah, they never said his name. Maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. Maybe that's the point. Maybe they're going to reveal it at the end or something. Because you said you have a clue. Oh, I've got a clue. So, yeah, <laughs> I've got a clue. Uh, the real life or a guess, man. I should say the yeah. real life man who actually killed Blackbeard was a guy named Robert Maynard. He was a British ship captain, navy captain. Uh, the only reason I think that is at one point Thomas Lowe says to this unnamed guy, "Well, you almost killed him yourself." Which, yeah. which to me is like, oh, maybe that's Maynard. I don't know if it actually is. Yeah. Whatever it is, he describes the chronometer. He describes why this is important for ships, mm-hmm. and that the pirates can't get to it. And then he drops the bomb, which is, you're actually you have to assassinate Blackbeard. He's not really dead. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He's yeah. hanging out. We got to get rid of him, though, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, could you assassinate Blackbeard? Do you think? I mean. Thomas Lowe, is he a military guy? Because he's not totally a surgeon. Why him? I guess he is. I think he is some type of military person because he just got back from some type of thing that he just went on. And he kind of alluded that it wasn't a doctor thing. Like he's like, oh, we almost survived. Like the way. Yeah, he- the last ship ride going to the king or whatever. Yeah. He's almost a mercenary or something of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like he's not. I think he's he, clearly his fighting skills. He's got some experience, but I'm not entirely sure what. But, yeah. I don't know if I could kill him. Well, I, there, I don't know. Towards the end, I kind of got annoyed with to- uh, Low a little bit. But we'll talk about that <laughs> later. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we come away from the flashback. We meet Catherine Balfour, who we're going to talk about in a minute with all that sexual tension going on. Yeah. But we meet her, and Lowe is taken to the pirate hideout, which I've got to say, looking at this, talk about this thing being beautifully shot, great. Very colorful, very, you know, it's stupid to say, like, oh, it's in high definition. It's 2014, of course. But just the way that they shot this thing is gorgeous. My only qualm for little things like this, the pirate hideout, way too exquisite, I would think, for what pirates are in in the 18th century. They're living like kings. Yeah. You know, I understand they were were stealing things and making money, but, like, come on. I don't know. Yeah. It was, well, I guess... Living under Blackbeard, maybe you got some type of cash money too. I don't know. I guess uh, I, I don't know. We'll see. Let's <laughs> was... let's continue in a second with Low and Blackbeard. First, though, we have a treat for you guys. We've got take a real quick break. Check it out. Hey guys, Maria Menounos here, and I want to share my newest book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness, with you. 
Basically, every woman always stops me and asks me how I lost 40 pounds. So I decided to put it all in one book. Everything I did to lose 40 pounds step by step and how you can too is in here. I did it with no time, no money, and no willpower. And now I'm going to show you how to do it too. You can pre-order it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, wherever books are sold. And it's out June 3rd. So I hope you guys love it. I hope it helps you in your weight loss journey. And please, please tweet me and update me on your progress at Maria Menounos. Thanks. Good stuff. Here it is, guys. Maria Menounos presents the Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness. Kelly, I'm leafing through this thing. It's hundreds of pages. Like, it's thick. This isn't just, oh, you know, let's write a book or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's celebrity after celebrity, recipe after recipe. This is an interesting idea. I might have to read this thing. You should. I mean, it probably caters to people like you, you know, every girl's... No, I'm just kidding. Oh, wow. Hey, no, but it is... I mean, it's summertime. Like, you got to get fit. I'm like, okay, I see a lot of pictures of Maria in here. She said, and you heard it, it is June 3rd. This will come out. I believe you can pre-order it now. And mm -hmm. she is at Maria Menunos on Twitter. So if you get it, if you start it, if you start a plan with it, tweet her. And you know yeah. what? Tweet us, too. We want to know. Yeah. If you're in L.A. and you're hiking Runyon, we'll join you. Yeah, give me a good recipe. I want to... Pinterest it or whatever. Seriously, let's do talk recipes. Okay, yeah. forget this. <laughs> For, forget this crossbone show. Let's just talk about rest. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go back to crossbones. Thank you guys for sitting through <laughs> us with that. Um, Blackbeard. Okay, this is this is the biggest problem I have. His name is Blackbeard. John Malkovich doesn't have a beard. Whitish, gray kind of. He's got stuff a goat there. Yeah, he's got like a like a soul patch. Mm -hmm. And they don't address it. That's the other thing. If he was like, you know what? I went into hiding after I died or, or after I thought you died, you know, whatever. I did some yeah. Tupac stuff mm -hmm. and then I changed my look. Okay. A little unbelievable, but okay. They never address it. Because the thing Blackbeard was famous for, I don't know if you know this. The thing he was famous for, not only did he have the big beard, he would stick lighted sticks in his hat that would kind of like flame out and, and, and have smoke or whatever. Uh -huh. And so it made his beard look very physically imposing and scary, and it gave him this aura of smoke around him. That's what Blackbeard is famous for. That was his thing. John Malkovich couldn't do it as Blackbeard. Yeah. He's got a goatee. I wish they had like at least a flashback or something too, you know? I don't know. It just was weird. I like why did Malkovich not want to wear a fake beard or something? Or I mean, you can't make Malkovich do. You know, he's yeah. he's earned his stripes. Well, he's not yeah. doing anything. That's true. <laughs> I'm just surprised that that not that he's miscast for this because I think he's cool and creepy and weird. Yeah. But it's like if you did a movie about Abraham Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln didn't have a beard. There are certain characters that have to have a physical, physical trait, trait, yeah, a beard or something mm -hmm. like that. You have to do that. So especially when they're called Blackbeard, that's the name. I, I don't I don't understand it. We have very good for the 1700s, very good testimony of what Blackbeard looked like. Yeah. There's very little else that we know about him. We know what he looked like. Yeah. And then we have pictures and they showed some of the pictures and some of the imagery of real black the Blackbeard drawings. images. Yeah. But Malkovich doesn't have a beard. That's one thing I can't get past. And I realize it doesn't have anything to do with the story. It's whatever. But that's a big deal to me. That's just a say, huge thing. Yeah, just say like, oh, I had to change my look done then i'm done then i'm not mad about it you know i'm a fugitive from the law i went yeah. back against the king and i've got to change my life. okay yeah. a, a little weird whatever but all right i'll do it yeah I'll and that's it. why he's called commodore not blackbeard <laughs> he's not technically blackbeard he's commodore which is an interesting scene and it actually builds the relationship and maybe this is the key as opposed to going word by word what happened in the thing but the relationship between thomas lowe and blackbeard is equal points contentious respectful 
a little funny, uh, very angry, a little bitter. It's like, you know what it is? It's like two brothers. Yeah. But if the... Uh, I mean, yeah. if they wanted to kill each other. Yeah. But 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 without the death, without the murder yeah. and the poison, it's like two brothers. Sometimes they're at each other's throats. Sometimes they're talking, you know, kind of laughing with each other. When they were talking about God, I believe it was the first scene that Lowe meets mm-hmm. Blackbeard and they're yeah. talking about God or whatever. And, and I don't remember what Lowe said about God or why he doesn't believe in God. He fears him, he said. And Blackbeard's like, oh, I'm fascinated with that answer. He said something, yeah, I can't yeah. worship something that tells me to fear him or whatever the line yeah. was. And Blackbeard said, you know, that was a splendid answer. Yeah, that's So it's said. this weird relationship of there's a little respect between them. I think they look at themselves as worthy adversaries. And the quote later from another character talking about two sharks. I thought that was a good uh, example of what they represented towards each other because I could feel that. Yeah. yeah, I agreed with her. It's two. I mean, it's two. It's two pieces on a chessboard. Who's going to make their move when? And a lot of moves were made today. Yeah. But the big move has yet to be made, or at least it was made and then taken back with a lot of this poison stuff. But the two of them together are a little cute and and energetic, but also scary and contentious. And you don't want to cross each other, but you also have enough respect for each other to joke sometimes. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's it's to me, it's two guys. It, maybe of all the island of pirates. Blackbeard and Thomas Lowe are the only two guys who think rightfully or, you know, not unrightfully, falsely, that they are the ones in control of their own destiny. Mm -hmm. Everybody else there is running from something or working for somebody. And Thomas Lowe and Blackbeard, while Thomas Lowe is working for someone, they're both in control of their destiny, maybe as much as a man can be in a situation like that. Yeah, I could agree with that. Yeah. And they've both got cards to play. Yes, Mm -hmm. Lowe is Blackbeard's prisoner, but... Lowe has the poison. Lowe has the cipher. Almost the entire episode, he's memorized the cipher. Yeah. And then he's kind of got that. And, and when, before Nightingale died, he had Nightingale with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both have cards to play, and they both have cards in their hands, and they're not going to release them. So it's almost a game to them, and it's kind of fun. And neither one is scared of death. Let's be honest about that. Yeah, that's true. I guess they're maybe scared of torture, like Lowe is. Or... Like, not torture of themselves, but other people. Like, he's scared of Fletch getting tortured, I think, more than himself, I feel. I don't know. I feel like he wouldn't give up with torture. I don't know. But I don't think he trusts other people with torture. Yeah. Yeah, and and well, well, let's talk about that torture scene because at one point, uh, excuse me, not Fletch, Thomas Lowe is being tortured. Mm -hmm. Fletch runs against Blackbeard and Lowe comes out. Lowe doesn't say anything during the torture. Yeah. Uh, And then afterwards, immediately, Blackbeard says to Lowe about Fletch, you got a good man here, you know, be nice to him or whatever the exact words were. And then Fletch gets beat up. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. But that's Blackbeard again recognizing if he just wanted to kill Thomas Lowe, he could have and he had plenty of opportunities to do it. But Hurt him even where it hurts more, you know? Yeah. And, and, and not only that, but I think even aside from the hurt or the killing or whatever, Blackbeard knows what he's going to do already. It'll be interesting. If, if he can do it, it will be a different thing. He knows what he can do. But it's not fun for him if he just – he's, oh, I'm going to cut your head off. Well, yeah. that's boring. Yeah. Right? And it's a game to him. So he yeah. doesn't – he wants some entertainment out of it. And if you're Blackbeard, yeah. I mean, I know he's living very well on that island. But what are you living for? You're on the run. You're hiding out. Everyone thinks you're dead. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. You're a wanted man. So at, at some level for him, it's got to be a little existential to say, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. You know, and if you kill me with this poison, if you get the best of me or I get the best of you, let's have fun doing it. Yeah. You know, wink. And that's why Malkovich is the perfect guy to do this because it's a little creepy and a little cocky and a little, like, unsettling where you don't know what's going to happen next. So somebody like Malkovich is perfect. 
just, you know, get a beard, man. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Put a beard on this guy. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, one thing, and, and to point to this funny relationship, another thing that just cracks me up is the cadaver. The body that Blackbeard has, that that all the muscles and stuff. Oh yeah. And and Lowe's like, where'd you get this? And Blackbeard's like, this is somebody who betrayed me. Pause. It's wax. Yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's just another another idea of 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 this kind of funny relationship between the two of them. The biggest key to this episode for these two, for Lowe and Blackbeard, is the repetition of circumstances. In that Lowe is constantly being charged with saving Nightingale and then something happens and then save Nightingale and then something happens and then Nightingale dies and it becomes Lowe almost dies and then he says, oh, I have the cipher. Keep me around. I've got the cipher. Don't kill me. I've got the cipher. He's always holding on to something. Which is which is his card, yeah. which he should. But it's very repetitive. And then Blackbeard's repetition is constantly trying to get this cipher and trying to get the information out of him. And and yeah. if he doesn't, oh well, you're going to get tortured. You're not going to die. You're going to get a face worth in death. I. They could have done this 50 minute episode or whatever in like 28 minutes. Yeah, I think so. Not to be too critical of it. I mean, I, I don't think I, I'm reading reviews online and fans and stuff are saying, well, the second half didn't do it for me. I cut out after 30 minutes. Whatever. I understand that. I disagree. I just think that it could have been done shorter or they could have added another component to it. Yeah. Because the Catherine Balfour component, the love tension. It was good, but it was just a little bit, you know? Yeah. And then nobody really kind of mentioned it. They all like looked at them in the in the pool or whatever, but they didn't they didn't really acknowledge it. It was weird. So does do you think that uh Blackbeard has some sort of romantic feeling or sexual feeling for Catherine Balfour? I don't think so. I think that's the, the other lady, Salima, that's his, that's his lady. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think he, I don't, maybe now that he sees that Lowe is interested in her, maybe then he'll try and do something with her to kind of win her over. Because he knows that the way to hit Lowe where it hurts is taking the people that he like, you know, loves and stuff. So he's going to have him probably develop a relationship with her. And then, like, take her or something. And that's the idea of a fate worse than death yeah. is if I can't kill you or if I kill you and it doesn't mean anything, let me do things that are actually going to hurt you. And this could be one. Yeah. And it's almost entrapment to bring him into the fold, have him fall in love with Catherine or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then, oh, see ya. Sorry, buddy. Guess what? Yeah. How does that feel? Yeah. How about give me the cipher right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So <sighs> Blackbeard. We learned that Blackbeard, too, and I think this is going to be key coming forward, the visions. Yeah. We only see one of them in this episode, and it's that scary girl who was in a dress. Oh, yeah. And was that a nightgown or a wedding dress? I don't know. It was a white dress. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think it might have. I don't know, because it didn't have, like, a veil, so, but I don't know if they had them back in the day. Yeah, I don't know, because if it, if it was a wedding dress, I'm thinking, well, maybe Blackbeard lost somebody he loves yeah. and this is haunting him or whatever. If it's a nightgown, it could be the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. But whatever it is, we know he gets visions, and that's one of the ways in which Thomas Lowe kind of ingratiates himself in that key scene with the poison mm-hmm. where Lowe ends up poisoning Blackbeard before he comes back with the antidote. He kind of ingratiates himself, talks about the visions, talks about the headaches. Blackbeard's doing acupuncture, yeah. which is a great screenshot, by the way, of John Malkovich with all that stuff in his head. Yeah. You know he really did that himself, apparently? Really? That's what one of the um, articles online said. Wow. Yeah. That is method acting. That's Malkovich. <laughs> that, that's being John Malkovich. Yeah. Oh, you see what I did there? Oh. oh. I thought we were going to get a laugh track, I guess. It wasn't that funny. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> there delayed. We go. A little delayed, I'll <laughs> yeah, take it. It's all right. Oh, it's like it's like booze and jeers and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Huh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so besides the acupuncture, um Thomas Lowe ingratiates himself to Blackbeard on the headaches. I'm interested in moving forward, not to predict anything yet, but to see more of these visions with Blackbeard and to see about these visions with Lowe. Because I'm not sure if Lowe was just trying to weasel his way in with Blackbeard and talk about visions or if Lowe maybe experiences see something too. too. Yeah. And maybe Lowe and Blackbeard are more similar. I don't know if it's going to get supernatural or what. But if they're maybe more similar than even the two of them realize because they have some – power or some clairvoyance or whatever it is maybe that's too supernatural and we'll stick you know closer to reality but yeah. whatever it is the two of them are two peas in a pod the problem is when they were separated at birth or whatever you want to call it <laughs> they live very different lives mm-hmm. and and the headaches to me is another is another um example of that in that headache scene too when we talk about the poison and blackbeard getting poison a very cool thing happened with the two drinks and I don't know if you noticed it or remembered. I was watching really carefully, and it was like one of those tricks. If you've ever been like on a street corner in New York, the guy has the card, or he's got the he's, he has something under the three cards or whatever, and he moves the things around. You have to guess which one it's yeah. under, and you have to look at the same thing. It was sort of like one of those tricks with the drinks because there are two drinks. Low puts one next to Blackbeard, puts one next to himself, and then pours, and Blackbeard takes the one next yeah, to Low. Yeah, I saw that. Uh-huh. Which was cool. Thinking, yeah, yeah, that he was poisoned or so. And then I love how Low kind of acts it out, like, uh oh, yep, gulp. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I thought he, I was, I don't know if he, I don't know if I thought he was being poisoning himself or what, because I, I feel like even though he was acting it out, he was too eager to drink and do it. You know, I think, I think the reason he was so eager to drink and do it is he knew at that point. That Blackbeard knew what was up. Yeah. And if Lowe didn't drink it, which Blackbeard thought Lowe had the poison, yeah. if Lowe didn't drink it, Blackbeard would have killed him anyways. Yeah. So it, without saying as much because he, he never says it explicitly. Mm-hmm. It's just – and I think Lowe understood that like I'm, I'm all the way in now. I got to go. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger, Not knowing that Lowe was actually – did the right thing and kind of outthought Blackbeard who yeah. outwitted him. But it's just this crazy circle of whatever and Lowe, Lowe's bargain paid off. If Blackbeard had just taken the drink next to him – He would have been dead. Yeah. Lowe would have been in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So I want to know what poison works that quickly though. Right? I mean that's – that's know. that was 45 seconds yeah. or less. Yeah, and I, Nightingale's per- poison worked very fast too. Like what poison in 1729, the poison works in like 30 seconds and the antidote works incredibly quickly too. I don't know, but it's really t- it's tiny. Like you only need a yeah. little bit of it. <laughs> it's like crazy. I mean, is it arsenic? I don't know. I've never po- – surprise, breaking news. I've never poisoned anybody. Oh, wow. Good I know. to know. Crazy. Yeah. Me neither, actually. Cool. Yeah, hi. Hey, great. All right. Well, so we're not experts on poison, but no. I don't know what poison works that fast. I'm amazed. Rat? Do they have rat poison back then? I don't the, know. Rats were poisoning the people. You ever heard of the plague? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Maybe that's when they invented rat poison? No, Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. Whatever it was, I'm like, okay, that's quick, but yeah. okay. Maybe we got, sh- we got a show to get to. Let's keep moving. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got we to gotta see this happen. Um, and then the key scene at the end, and this is where we're going to learn a lot about the story itself and, and the motivations for Lowe and Blackbeard. Lowe's done his job. Blackbeard gets poisoned. Everything's cool. He puts cool. it on the paper, though. Let's, yes. On the, on the book. So while um, 
while Blackbeard's like licking the paper to turn to the next page, that's how he's getting poisoned. I thought that was super creative. Which is awesome. Hey, go low. The only problem is you better make sure Blackbeard licks the pages. Yeah. You know? Well, he was he's so artsy and stuff. He's like that type of guy, you know? A little flamboyant. Like a, yeah. <laughs> I guess he just knew. He just knew Lowe knew his man better than he knew himself, which I think is the key to a good poisoning. If you have any other kind of weapon to kill somebody, you can like bludgeon somebody. You don't need to know him yeah, as well. Yeah. But poison's pretty intimate. You got to know him. For somebody that doesn't poison people, you sure know a lot about that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, no comment. <laughs> but, I can hear the LAPD sirens right now. Yeah. No, I, you're right, though. That, and that is a good point about poison on the pages. Very discreet, very specific, mm-hmm. knowing of, oh, what's Blackbeard going to put on his... On his tongue or whatever. Well, when you turn pages, you know, whatever, which was a very cute thing. But then Lowe leaves and his job is done. Him and Fletch are ready to go home and they see the Viceroy of Spain or what they think is the Viceroy of Spain. They Mm -hmm. said it looked like the guy, but I think it was. And we learn that Spain and England, which is true at the time, did not get along so well. Um, And so Lowe realizes, and this is again about loyalty with both him and Fletch, that they have a bigger loyalty to their country overall than to their immediate duty. Even though their immediate duty was ordered by the country, the bigger loyalty is to England itself. And they realize that if they just kill Blackbeard, either Spain retaliates or something goes on with the two of them. And they need to learn more about why the Viceroy is there, what's going on with him and Blackbeard, and what this means for England in the naval war that just gets perennially fought in these centuries. I didn't like that. Really? Just saying. I thought that um, Lowe should have just did his job and then gone back. Because now Fletch is back in danger again, this poor But then it would have been, been a one-episode show. We could have just had a movie. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I get why they did that. But I'm just saying, I just feel like, Lowe, man, you're getting too he- heroic, you know? Too big for his britches, I feel. No, I agree with you. He's he's doing things and then outdoing himself. He's just yeah. doing too much. Yeah. He's doing too he much. He's a calm down. He was doing too much the whole episode. Yeah. With Nightingale, without Nightingale, with the cipher, without the cipher, Blackbeard's friend, poisoning Blackbeard. It's just back and forth and back and yeah. forth and back and forth. And now I he's agree. out of poison, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Because tiny. So now how he's going to kill? Oh. Well, I don't know, because he found poison in the locket. I didn't know he had poison in that locket. So maybe he's got poison like hidden all through his suitcase and stuff. Maybe. That's maybe he's the poison guy. Maybe. I mean, he obviously is. He's poisoned well, yeah. two people now. <laughs> He's a, wait a minute. Lowe is a serial killer. <laughs> if Blackbeard had died, that's two poisonings. That's And you never know what he did on that past ship that he just came back from. That's true. Lowe's, Lowe's maybe the worst guy in this thing. <laughs> so you, But you didn't like the idea, the Viceroy of Spain, you didn't like Lowe going back, or you didn't like Spain being added into the story? Oh, no, I didn't like that Lowe went back. He's like, oh, nope, we got to unpoison Blackbeard. We got to save him got to see what's up with spain it's just a little too perfect and simple yeah yeah you know and then how it just worked out and everything i don't know i just felt it was it was too yeah it was too perfect like how you said it was too perfect and simple well let's go over right now the actual history of blackbeard before we do predictions and news and stuff like that because it's interesting and it's different from the show blackbeard they don't here's the cool thing they don't know his name they have no idea really? what his name actually was. We think it's Edward Teach based on depositions, but pirates were using false names because you didn't want your family to get, you know, have your name sullied or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So historians are like, hey, sorry, we're never going to know Blackbeard's real name. And they call uh, Malkovich Commodore and they call him Edward in this show. Yeah. So they're going on the fact that, that Blackbeard's name was Edward Teach, which yeah. I'm fine with. Um, 
likely born in Bristol, England, they think around 1680. This is based on the deposition of another pirate that they took after or when they were trying to capture Blackbeard, the real Blackbeard in real life. He said, oh, he's about 35 and told them a lot about his name and this and that. Interesting thing, Blackbeard could read and write, which was very unique for a pirate in oh, yeah. 1716, 17, 18. So he must have come from money in Bristol, England and got into piracy somehow. Uh, also, this is the fascinating part. Do you know how long his piracy career was? No, how long? Two years. Oh, wow. And and one of those years, he was on hiatus. He had given up piracy and said to the king, pardon me, I don't want to be a pirate anymore. So, so just was, a year? He was only on the high seas for like parts of two years. Oh, wow. Which is ridiculous. And yet we're still talking about him 300 years later. Dang. Which is amazing. Yeah. The other thing to know about Blackbeard, he died in 1718. This show is set in 1729, which gives them the ability to do total creative control and say, oh, well, that was Blackbeard's real life. Here's what happened if he really lived. Yeah. Which I have a problem with. I'm just going to be honest <laughs> with that. I have a huge problem with that. It's the real Blackbeard is more interesting than anything you could come up with fictionally it just is yeah. blackbeard was killed in ocracoke inlet in the outer banks of north carolina where i'm from north carolina represent, represent. <laughs> um he was killed he was beheaded his body was thrown into the outer banks his head was put on a stake in virginia beach in the port area there to let other pirates know here's what you could have done there's a legend in north carolina about blackbeard's ghost and the legend goes that blackbeard goes all over the outer banks looking for his head a headless ghost looking for his head and trying to have people recognize him or whatever, and nobody knows it's Blackbeard because he doesn't have a head. <laughs> so let's talk about that story as opposed to creating, yeah. you know, a, a fake whatever story. But okay, whatever it is. And then we talked about it before, but his beard, black, he would put these little, you know, uh, pieces of wood in his, in his beard and light, literally light them on fire while he was fighting. Jeez. And then one other thing about Blackbeard, and we'll talk about more of his history as it goes, but one other thing about Blackbeard that we should mention, there is no record of him ever killing anybody. Oh, wow. Notoriously polite for a pirate, very polite <laughs> to the crews he kidnapped, would never harm anybody, was after it for the for the cargo, for the money and stuff like that, wasn't harming anybody. At one point, he blockaded the port of Charleston, literally took the city of Charleston, South Carolina hostage, didn't harm anybody, just wanted ships, and when he got what he wanted, he left. It's so Complete opposite of how they introduced him in this. Hey, total do you opposite. know who I am? <laughs> Kill the guy. Kill the guy in three seconds. Yeah. The real Blackbeard never killed. As far as we know, and apparently it's pretty good documentation, he never killed anybody. Wow. Um, yeah. A little interesting, and yeah. another and and another thing about Blackbeard, um, he when he was killed, his piracy career was two years long. He had that year where he he hung out on dry land and was pardoned. At the time in 1718, pirates were pardoned by England because England didn't want to deal with them; they were wreaking havoc on them. And yeah. England would then kind of hire pirates uh, informally to fight in wars for them against Spain and whatever. And a lot of pirates would get to the point where. They would not necessarily be loyal to England, but they would seek out French and Spanish vessels as opposed to English vessels. Mm -hmm. And Blackbeard, when he was pardoned and went to North Carolina and lived on dry land and said, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm done for yeah. the year that he was done, um, lived in the capital, got sick of it, went back out on the road. And the governor of Virginia – this wasn't an English thing. This was a new American colonies thing. The governor of Virginia, a guy named Alexander Spotswood, was the one who said – We've got to get Blackbeard. He put men on land to go find him in North Carolina, and he put men in the sea. And that's where this guy Robert Maynard, Lieutenant Robert Maynard, was the one who ended up killing him in the Outer Banks of North Carolina in 1718 on the 22nd of November, oh. 1718. So the 296th anniversary of Blackbeard's death 
will be in November, right around Thanksgiving. Oh, good to know. Yeah, great to know. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, I guess that's about it about the real blackboard. We just had, we just had to get that out there because it's yeah. different from what they what they portray. Completely different. And the real blackboard blackbeard <laughs> blackboard. The real blackbeard is fascinating. But it's not going to have any bearing on this show because it's after his death and Malkovich is going to play it totally different, which is fine. Yeah. But don't count on a history lesson because it ain't coming. They kind of wish they just named it a different pirate, you know? Just do whatever. Yeah, just yeah. call him the Commodore. We don't even need to know he's Blackbeard because yeah. Blackbeard is so ubiquitous with piracy and he's so broadly known by everybody, regardless of what they know about him, everybody kind of knows who he is. Yeah. That it's like if you're going to tell a story – Tell a story. Yeah. And if you're not going to tell a story and do this, that's cool. I enjoyed the episode. But let's not have any idea that it's Blackbeard. It's I mean, just pirates. Yeah, we have John Malkovich. That's a good bringer in. You know, you don't need Blackbeard and John Malkovich, I feel like. <sighs> Especially if it's not true to anything. You're, you're preaching to the crowd. Just saying. All right. Let's do real quick news and gossip for about a minute, and then we'll do predictions. Cool. All right. Kelly, I've got a little quiz for you. John Malkovich did an interview with Entertainment Weekly about this show, about doing a television show because he's a movie guy and a theater guy and an opera guy. Yeah. Um, he said that he's only been approached once, other one other time in his career to do television. Do you know what the show was? CSI? Darn it. Why do you do – stop preparing. <laughs> be, le, be less professional. Sorry. <laughs> the first thing that popped up. That's true though. It was yeah. CSI. He was approached to do CSI. He turned it down because he wanted freedom, didn't want to work for mm. nine months, which is understandable. Malkovich likes to go project to project to project. Yeah. The interesting thing, and I will be interested to see what you guys at home think about this. We're going to open this up as the, as the debate question. Malkovich told Entertainment Weekly why he did Crossbones. He said, quote – None of the film scripts I was reading were better than Crossbones, which was hyper-esoteric for network television. Is that PR talking, or is the <laughs> script really that good? The first episode, or all of them? I guess think? just based on what we've seen, the first episode. Oh, I want to read the crappy ones that he's been reading. I, I want to, yeah, I do too. <laughs> I want to I <laughs> see what kind of bad films oh. that have been limping to the barn yeah, with him. Yeah. Because not saying, I mean... Not saying Crossbones is a bad show because I think we both enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it was fun. But I wouldn't say the script is better than. Far Malkovich has been in a lot of amazing movies. Yeah. So I really want to read these bad film scripts. I mean, is he a talking dog? Because I get that. Did he, he turn down a movie co-starring with Bieber or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's he been turning down? Um, the other one, Crossbones ratings. This is good news. They had a very strong Friday night. Almost five million total viewers. Uh, their lead-in is NBC Dateline, which is the biggest Friday night show out there. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting note, though, one bad note on the rating side. They had 5.2 million in the first half hour. In the second half hour, it dropped to 4.5 million. Ooh. And it should be noted that Dateline's ratings in the last half hour, the lead-in half hour to Crossbone, were the highest the entire night. So they had a huge lead-in, and then they lost it first half hour to second half hour. So... Mm-hmm. One episode of ratings do not determine the future of a show unless it's horrible, and this was not. But we shall see. Friday nights is a real tough draw for Crossbone. Yeah, and I don't know. It did I know Dracula usually has that spot? I don't know if that's picked up again or what. The only yeah. show that's really done well on Friday nights to me, and it's totally different, is Shark Tank. Yeah, which is on like what reality ABC shows. Yeah, shows yeah. like that'll do well. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if a drama in the summer on Friday nights yeah. can pick it up. That is going to be our debate question at the end of the show. But let's hold on for that. Before we do that, though, how about some predictions? I don't know. I don't really have <laughs> any. Now, you're after Buzz TV. I guess. Maybe. How about you go first? Go. <laughs> I think 
Thank you. I will. I think the ob- the obvious prediction to me is going to be Catherine and Tom Lowe. And you were talking about this. I really like what you said about this where mm-hmm. Blackbeard is going to let them do their thing maybe or whatever. And then at some point he's going to use it as blackmail or use it as leverage either against Tom Lowe or against Catherine. We don't really know her entire story. We just know she's on the island, high trees and something else. So maybe there's something else there and he can get something out of Catherine or Tom. And the one guy I think that's going to help make the uh, chronometer, chronometer, sorry, again, I think that's the guy that she was talking to about Tom Lowe and Blackbeard. And I think maybe he has something to do with maybe uh, Blackbeard will threaten him about Catherine or something. It might be like a triangle thing going on there. Interesting. Know? I think Blackbeard likes triangles considering that little orgy he was in earlier. Yeah. I mean, He's... if you're a pirate, you got to have an orgy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially if you're Blackbeard and you got all that money and stuff. That's Might true. Well. Well, all right. Hey, before we leave, we're going to do the debate question for the folks at home. Before we get there, though, Twitter, Instagram, where can we find you? You can find me at Holly Weirdo on Twitter and Instagram. Holly Weirdo. Yeah. You have a cool Twitter name. Mine's just but, my name. That's boring. Well, that's cool. Mine was taken. So. Oh. Kelly McInerney was taken? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> I am at Bobby DeMiro on Twitter. I am at Mr. Bobby DeMiro on Instagram because everybody knows... That's a formal social network. Yep, there you go. And as we leave, guys, this is a new show. This is obviously the first episode. So subscribe on iTunes. Rate us highly if you like what you saw. If you didn't like what you saw, go on YouTube. We'll have a comment box there, and Mm -hmm. you can talk crap to us, and we will respond. I would love to debate people about this. And speaking of that YouTube comment box, here's a debate question, Kelly. We're going to leave the viewers with a little something to tell us. Let's do it. It's early. After seeing one episode, do you like Crossbones? And bigger question... Can it succeed on Friday night, or did NBC send it off to its watery grave? That's some deep. That's a deep question. A deep question. A little deep, C, deep a lot of C questions. metaphors. Yeah. So that's what we want to know. Do you think the show can succeed on Friday night? Is Friday night in the summer too tough? I know it's early, but is is NBC setting it up to fail? What do you think about mm-hmm. that? So get there on YouTube, comment below, and on Twitter at Holly Weirdo at Bobby Demiro. We would love to talk to you. That's it this week on Crossbones, guys. Thank you very much for watching. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 